Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Three Questions. I'm your host, Andy Richter. Today, I am talking to Dave Hill. Uh, Dave is a friend of mine. He's a comedian, writer, and a shredding musician. His new book, The Awesome Game, One Man's Incredible Globe-Crushing Hockey Odyssey, is out now. And you can find his live dates at DaveHillOnline.com. Dave joined me via Zoom in New York City. Here's my conversation with the great and hilarious Dave Hill. Hello, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm happy to have you. I haven't seen you in a long, long time. I know. I was thinking about it. I was like, when have I seen Andy in the flesh? And I... I think it was Sketchfest in San I Francisco. Think, I think so. Yeah, that would have been the last one. I don't know if it was the time when we went to get, we got oysters. We did. We went to Swan's Oyster Depot. That's a shout out to Swan's. Yeah, and yeah. We had a lovely morning. It was a lot of fun. We really did. I yeah. I love oysters. I mean, I love eating them, but I like the idea of eating them because if you're eating oysters, you know you're just kicking back. Like, no one's like... I have surgery. Just let me grab a dozen oysters real quick and I'll get right back in there. Uh, don't close grandma's casket yet. I'm not done with my oysters. <laughs> well, I think I have a theory that whenever you can eat a creature in whole, you know, in toto, it's sure. it's thrilling, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think uh... there's just something about that or, you know. Or maybe it's, or, or like, you know, because I find like sort of soft shell crab to be thrilling too, because it's like you're eating a monster, basically. Yeah, you're, a bu yeah, a bu I mean, that's the thing. You're eating a bug, basically. Uh, right. I like soft shell crab too, because you can just shove the whole thing in your face. And it's like, have you ever gone like in Maryland where you're sitting around and it takes you like 15 minutes to get like, a morsel of crab and everyone's like, isn't this the greatest? And you're cutting your fingers on the shells and all, then the old base seasoning gets in the wound and everyone's like, Oh, this is it. This is why yeah. we come down to the shore. Right. Yeah. For like, uh, all this work. Yeah. All no this thanks. work, too much work over protein, uh, ratio for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. I liked when I, any meal, I just want to sh shovel it in. I don't like uh, fondue. I don't right. like hibachi situations. 
That's why you get so much tail. Is because that's you're exactly impeccable right. table manners. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, well, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I take a take a lady somewhere where she can just strap on the feed bag. You know, <laughs> we get we yeah. go to Golden Corral. Sure, she wants fried chicken. I right. want uh, fried rice. We're both gonna be satisfied. You're both you're both fried. Yeah. Well, how, I mean, you're here because you have a book coming out about hockey. I do. And uh, you're wearing a hockey jersey, no less. I am. I'm really pandering. I, w- I would have, you know, dressed as a gentleman for you, which I, norm- as you normally probably think of me, but I, oh, absolutely. I was, earlier I was doing Canadian television, uh, so I figured I would wear the jersey. And I'm wearing this jersey as the Kenya Ice Lions. Wow, it looks kind of uh, reggae. It has kind of reggae colors, and it's got the, isn't that sort of like a Haile Selassie sort of lion there? Yeah, exactly. And uh, they're the only team in all of Kenya, playing on the only rink in all of Kenya. And I got a hold of these guys and asked them if I could swing by and play with them. So I went to Kenya, and I thought, I was going to completely dominate them as a quarter Canadian who's been skating since the age of three. Yeah. I thought, I'll go school these kids on hockey. Right. Teach them a lesson they'll never forget. But uh, I was mistaken. I, they uh, kicked your ass? Yeah. I mean, in my minor defense, their ice rink was closed. It hadn't reopened since COVID, so they were playing roller hockey. The, the rink, of course, <laughs> opened like two weeks after I was there. Yeah. And so I was like, fine, I'll kick your ass playing roller hockey. No problem. Even though I never played roller hockey before. Yeah. And is it really that much different? Yeah. I mean, because there's a ball instead of a puck and the ball is bouncing around. And, and, you know, the stopping and start. You can't really stop and start the way you do on the ice. But I think the bigger factor at play was that I was literally like 20 five 30 years older than everyone else playing <laughs> yeah they're like these guys are all in their late teens early 20s you know that'll do it and another factor if i may keep making excuses when you go out to a bar in kenya this is something i found to be delightful most of the time when you order a beer in kenya they bring you two every time unless you look them in the eye and beg them to bring you just one so you know at first you're like oh sure what the heck and then you order another round and then by the end of the night you've had what was supposed to be a gentlemanly couple beers you've had like eight beers yeah and i did this every night (laughs) with these because i was going out with like i went out with these guys in their 20s every night yeah well i was there and i was like sure i can hang hang with you guys no problem and uh so by the time we actually got to playing hockey i was really uh pretty rough hung over yeah just playing in a parking lot in downtown nairobi with like literally hundreds of people watching like sitting along this wall like eating ice cream and and like an ice cream guy would like push his cart right through the middle of the game, like with no, <laughs> just we'd be playing. He'd be like, "Yeah, I, uh, I'm serving this guy over on the other side of the fence wants ice right. cream." So, yeah, what are you gonna do? Go all the way around? <laughs> yeah. No, who has time for that? 
Well, let yeah. me get the name. The book is entitled The Awesome Game, One Man's Incredible Globe-Crushing Hockey Odyssey, and it's coming out the 24th, which uh, that's a tomorrow. Uh, we're speaking yeah. on the 23rd. So by the time this gets out, everyone, well, it'll probably be sold out at most booksellers. That's the hope. That's the yeah. hope. I was just in Canada and I did a show. I was on a, I don't know if you heard about the media blitz I did in Canada. <laughs> no, I didn't. But the I book didn't. came out a, a week yeah. early everywhere but the United States. It was held back a week here just to monitor side effects, stuff like that. But I did a show in Canada at the la my last night in Toronto and they brought out a, like a bookseller from a local bookstore. And right before I went on stage, you know, because the thinking was that everyone would buy the book and I would sign them after the show. And then someone came back and they're like, hey, the booksellers leaving, they, they have to go home because it was like nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and so the host is uh, hilarious guy. Tim Gilbert went on stage and said, hey, uh, it's nine o'clock. The bookseller is leaving. I don't know what the point of my story is, but all by way of saying it sold out by nine o'clock in Canada. <laughs> you can no longer get the book in Canada. Everyone had to rush. Yeah. They had to rush and get it. Well, tell me, I mean, now you, you're from, you're from Cleveland mm -hmm. and I, I also, and from what I, cause I'm not that familiar with hockey. I, I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big hockey fan. I grew up in Chicago and there was always the Blackhawks and, uh, in my absence, my mother, for some reason, has become a big uh, Blackhawks fan uh, oh, because nice. yeah, I think it's the violence that she likes the most. Sure. Um, but now Cleveland hasn't even had a team for a long, long time, right? A, an NHL team. Not since this, the 70s. Had, we had a team for two years. That was it. So, And I went to one game when I was you know six years old or whatever. And, uh, yeah, then they split down town and that was it. We've had minor league teams since then, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's not a big hockey town, but I did, when I went to that game, when I was a little kid, my grandfather, my dad took me to this game and there was this player, Len Frigg, mm -hmm. just kind of a, he actually played for the Black Hawks at one point, but he's, you know, just kind of a journeyman NHL player and, he was the first player I ever saw up close. So his name was just burned on my brain my whole life. Yeah. I would just kind of be like, where's Len Frigg now? What's he doing? So now with, you know, that big advance, I was like, uh, the big publishing <laughs> advance, I was like, it's time. I'm going to track him down. And I paid, I just went on the internet and there, you know, those address sites, like sure. it's, it's kind of frightening. I just paid $5 and find me this, Len Frigg. Yeah. And it was just guy came up and seemed, you know, 70 years old. I was like, yeah, he'd be about 70. And I called this phone number they had and he's like, Hey, and I I'm like, hello. And I'm like, is this Len Frigg from the Cleveland Barons? And I think he was like, I don't really think of my, that was a million years ago, but he's like, yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I got a cell phone number and, uh, I met him for beers in uh, New York. When he, Where's he living he was, now? He lives in Salt Lake City, the last team where he played hockey. He just stayed. Oh, wow. And uh, I think he thought I was a bit of a nut. 
but yeah. uh, he did meet he met me in a public place wisely you know right of course yeah As, well which you know I'll, even my closest friends do that right right because it, it it gets too romantic if it's if you're alone with with you yeah yeah you don't want to be gets your, romantic real fast yeah yeah it was like we're here <laughs> you're on the couch forget it now i'm a midwesterner you're a midwesterner and except the different you know I think you and I are fairly similar and, you know, grew up in kind of regular Midwestern homes with regular people, not a lot of exposure to show busy kind of things. Mm-mm. But one of the differences is you can shred like you're an amazing guitarist. Oh, thank you. And, I'm all right. and I do all right. No, you do fantastic. You know, I mean, if anybody, it, you know, you, you, <laughs> I love, you're often accompanying, I forget what they call that when you play with someone on, is it on TikTok? Oh yeah. Well, you do a duet. A duet. And like you do it with John Mayer a lot. I don't think he's aware of it, but I do do it with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And usually you're, you're, you're like, he's trying, cause his, it, it seems like he's kind of giving a, a tutorial. Like, this is me jamming, kind of, a little bit, and then you always shred circles around him. Yeah, though he's no slouch. He's, he's a very great guitar player. But, um, yeah, I just try to play as many notes as I can. And, you know, <laughs> that's one thing I've learned in this life. Regardless of what music people are, I think maybe especially dudes, but I learned this... And I'm not saying John Mayer has this reaction because I'm sure he hasn't watched the videos, but I learned in college because I, I was roommates with a football player and he would bring these giant football players to our dorm room. And, you know, I was this like relatively relative to a varsity football player in college. I was a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. But I would just start ripping solos, play as fast as I could. And then they'd be like, oh, this guy's cool. Right. Sure. And. And then I've just used that. I've performed in prisons. And the first thing I do is just start ripping solos. And then the the inmates are like, yeah, we're not going to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that's, see, that seems unfair because so many, so many young, you know, like young people who are funny, like kid, when you're funny kid, you use it often as a, uh, a bully proofing yourself, uh, yeah. to being funny. And now you're funny and you can shred. So it's like, you have two of them, like you, obviously bullies. Well, and that and your physical prowess, uh, your incredible physical, fighting skills, you know, not to be, uh, yeah, you can't forget yeah. that. I yeah. actually, um, I did, this is horrible, but also funny, I guess. I got in my, I've never been, aside from playing hockey, I'd never been in a fist fight in my life. Cause you know, as you know, very gentle, tender, loving fellow. Same for me. I've never, I've never been, aside from my brother, uh, you know, I've never, I've never been in a fight in my life, a physical fight. But I, I got into one recently. Wow. Like, like in the last year, um, my girlfriend's sister's boyfriend attacked me. Wow. And um yeah, it was um everyone involved had had a bit of alcohol. Yeah. And we were hanging out and he was just mouthing off and to everybody. 
and in my sort of drunken two martinis <laughs> and several other drinks brain, I was like, well, this needs to stop. And I, I stood up. I, and I say this because my girlfriend didn't have it. She barely, she hadn't had anything to drink. And so she's like, I just saw this look in your eye, this shift. And she told me what I said. Not that I was in a blackout, but I, she said, you said, shut the fuck up right now or I'll destroy you. Which, again, <laughs> pretty ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, yeah. If you are a guy who has never been in a fight. or just right. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Absolutely. But, Especially because it, I mean, you it, you might as well be saying I'll destroy your credit rating, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. for, based on you know what he knew about you, that would be more likely. More, yeah. And I, to, you know, as is often the case, I was wearing a brooch at the time. Sure. Uh, so I don't think he didn't take it very seriously, but he did attack me, and and this is it all happened so fast. I I hope this. I you know I hope this doesn't seem like a dark story. I mean I mean to, to entertain with it, but I as fast as it happened, he I I was leaving because I was like ah oh, I'm out of here. This is stupid, and I started leaving. And he attacked me from behind and and started punching me, and as all really fast. And I thought I still froze it froze the situation. I was like okay, there's no way I can let this guy beat me. But then I thought, I don't want to punch him because I'm an artist and I don't want to hurt my hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I just kind of subdued him and pinned him to the ground. And and, and I was like, okay, st stop. Stop doing yeah. this. And then, then it was over. So I guess it wasn't a fight so much as a drunk guy punching me in the back of the head a couple right. of times. And then you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, well, and also, too, if you really punch the hell out of your girlfriend's sister's boyfriend it just is it complicates your life so much you know she's not going to be happy that you i mean unless she hates her sister's boyfriend i don't know well yeah it was a bit of the, the latter i mean if you i mean because no one liked this he's now out of the picture but oh okay. no one liked this guy but oh my gosh the next family get together <laughs> i was the most popular guy there and oh, really? the guy the guy was there. He was there, and I was there, and all like the nephews and stuff were like, "This guy's amazing." He beat up the other guy that we don't like, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really beat him up. I just kind of threw right, him to the right. ground. Right. Um. I just kind of spun him around on one finger and then threw him to the ground. You know. Right. Right. But uh, did you no, have like it, an adrenaline hangover from it? Because like, if I have an altercation with people in traffic. Like, you know, if there's like a oh, fuck yeah. you, no fuck you, it can, I can like be vibrating for two hours afterwards over it. Like, and not in a pleasant way, you know? Oh yeah. No, it was absolutely like, I was, you know, we were like calling, <laughs> we we're calling, we called my girlfriend's brother and we're like, you're not going to believe this. And he was like horrified yet completely entertained. I called a friend because I was like. Again, I'd never been in a fight, and I was like, I, I felt really bad about it because I, you know, I fancy myself a gentleman who wouldn't sure. sink to that level. So, yeah, I was really, yeah, a lot of adrenaline for a while, and I felt, I felt really bad about it. Just cause, again, because uh, I think of myself as a man of peace, 
But uh, I called my brother, who is a far better man than I am, and I told him about it, and he's like, oh, I would have broken his nose. So I was like, oh, okay, I felt better. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go that far. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Can't you tell my love's a grow? I mean, you live such a creative life because you're not you know you're like i said you're a writer you're you do live comedy stand up you play guitar very well you you know you uh you've acted in thing you know you're an actor too and you also like you're you're a beautiful visual artist you know you've you've actually oh, thank you drawn and you know like you have there like i just i can't remember where it was but it wasn't too long ago i saw a woman wearing a dress and I was like, is that a Dave Hill print? Because you've created prints that then dress companies have done. And yeah. And I, well, and I just wonder, like, was it, a, did you grow up in a creative house? Because it's just like, I, I really admire how many different things you can do and do well. Oh, thanks. No, I mean, my, my dad, you know, he was, he was a lawyer, but he was always, good visual artist and played guitar and piano but yeah. i think um and then my i had one sister who was did a bit of both of those things and um but i would i mean i'm sort of the yeah the one person in the family who also i you know i think i i knew at an early age that i was going to going to reject society and and just do anything but get whatever a you want a job yeah, yeah so that's kind of how I end up doing the things I do. And like, how did you t talk about that process? Like when, when do you, when do you start to feel that? And, and do you remember a moment that that happened? I think, you know, I mean, it's cause I started like a lot of kids drawing and stuff. Like I knew, you know, when I was like five, well, you know, cause when you're in school, you know, they go like, Oh, that looks, he drew this thing. It looks like a person, you know, like you're the one kid in the class. <laughs> yeah. And then, so you're into that. And then, you know, I wanted to be a musician 
you know, around, shortly around, around that time. Yeah, and then just kind of, I was just into music and visual art, and I never planned to go into into, into comedy, but then that was just kind of uh, happened organically. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just sort of, um, I think just also knowing, like, I just never wanted to uh, go work some, you know, do anything i just i did, i just truly i think i remember in college i mean this is much later but there was a thing where they had a like a seminar on job interviews yeah and a buddy of mine is one of my best friends tim parnan who's now vice president of the rock and roll hall of fame uh we went to this thing and they were sitting there saying they're like wear like a gray or blue suit don't wear anything to stand out and just kind of and we were like, ooh. <laughs> and, and I remember we looked at each other like we're never, I think we knew neither one of us were going to really be a part of polite society. But I remember we just were like, no. Oh. It was like the last, you know, we were like 18 or something. Yeah. And no, uh, we just knew no. I mean, that much to the chagrin of my parents, who I think my, my dad is 91 and will still very recently he reads this magazine can't remember what it's called but it's something having to do with being catholic because he's because he is and right um and he's like oh i was reading in the back they're looking for an intern like maybe you could do that and then work your way up <laughs> and i was just like and he's you know he's not kidding He's he's kind and of like. Would, I mean, is he aware of your work? I mean, he's aware that you write books and that you tour, and you know. Yeah, he'll wow. he's completely aware of everything. But I think he's still like, it would be good if you got a proper job, respectable. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, does that bother you at all, or do you just kind of are you amused by it? It's a bit of both, you know. I mean, yeah. the, the, I'm. I guess I'm impressed by the way he responds to like whenever i try to impress him and with anything like i yeah. i just did a bunch of tour dates with uh tenacious d which was some of the funnest maybe the funnest 10 days of my life i bet and they're playing you know it's like ten thousand people a lot of nights and i was <laughs> you know so i was talking to him and i was like yeah we're sold out it's ten thousand people and uh he's just like pretty good you know, that, like, but that's like peak. <laughs> that's all you're gonna get. Like, he's never like, oh my gosh, the, no follow up questions. Even with the books, like, in some way, I think I write books because that's one thing my dad understands. Like, yeah, you know, you can't be like, hey, I got a two lines in a Netflix show. Like, yeah. he doesn't watch Netflix, right? And uh, probably would have a hard time just logging on to it. Yeah, it's just yeah. too much. And uh, I'll, you know, I think partially I just just so I can come home and be like, here, dad, now do you love me here? This is a book I wrote. And uh, when I was finishing up this this new book, he I was talking to him on the phone and he's like, hey, I found this book. He lives in a retirement community and he he's like, I found this book and he starts describing a, a book on self-publishing which in itself sounded self-published right um and he's like yeah it's this book that 
tell it shows you like how to get a book done and you know you don't have to go through as you know you have to edit yourself and and you know but you get it done and you put it out and there's not as many people helping you but uh you know so you 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 get your book out there and i was like well dad you know you know i'm it's my fourth book with a major publisher and he's like yeah but you know i'm just saying like this way it's a lot gets done a lot faster and more efficiently than the way you do it <laughs> you know because he's like you you finish a book and then you gotta wait a year before it comes yeah. out and all this he's like what are you what are you doing yeah mm -hmm. see that would that would drive me crazy because it'd be kind of like oh dad you're so funny but also kind of like it's it's like why do you have an allergy to accepting <laughs> my accomplishment? You know, like well, what's that about? Like, do I have to be, you know, like the kid that needs help in your mind? Yeah, Maybe? I don't know. He'll, I mean, he'll. I'll find out. He say things to other people, like my brother. You know, my dad recently, in like recent years, discovered YouTube, so he goes on YouTube all the time. Yeah. And there's a lot of videos of me playing the guitar. And so he was talking to my brother and he's like, he's like, David's really good. I didn't know he was that good. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, that's like, like, he'll kind of be a bit more effusive to someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess like, you, that's, you got to take that when you, you know, like, all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. At it's least Irish it's there. Catholic stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you, like, when you, you know, you said you didn't want it, you know, like a, a day job, which like, boy, oh boy, do I relate to that? Like it, I was the same, I was the same way at a young age. I just was like, the workaday world seems to be just about a, like a repetitive cycle of humiliation, you know, <laughs> like just, <laughs> yeah. of just like eat shit and be quiet about it. And I, and I'm this, I was the same way. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I just, it just seemed like so boring, just boring, you know? Yeah. And it just like, I think for a long time, I mean, I'm, I'm a late bloomer in many, with many things, but you know, that I think, cause there was a time when I was like, how can I do kind of what I want to do, but do it in a way that's like acceptable to my family you know yeah 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 and so i was like maybe i could be you know a graphic designer i'll do that which i think would be a great job but yeah like years ago i was working like kind of had like a temp job doing graphics at an accounting firm of of i won't name it but it's like a it's a huge accounting firm arthur but, and they have offices all over the world arthur and Anderson. uh no it wasn't but you're close h and r h and r block we'll get to it okay but, I was working as in Cleveland like 20, more than 20 years ago. And then they, I would wear like, you know, a shirt and tie, but like the shirt and tie that I had and the pants. And then they would be like, hey, um, the client's coming in uh, on Thursday. So you can you wear like a, and I'm like, who's the client? They're like, well, the accountants. And I was like, well, we all work at this place. Yeah. Aren't they just coworkers? They're like, no, we call them the client. I'm like, okay. And they're like, you have to wear a white or a blue dress shirt when they're here. And I was like, why? And they said, well, it makes them feel more comfortable because you look like them. And they just feel more comfortable talking to us when we look like them. And I was, I was just like, that's like some, to me, I know it's not, but it, to my ears, that's like 
Orwellian yeah. scary stuff. Well, it is. I mean, I, I'm with you because it's like, are they babies? Like, do they, yeah. they get frightened by a print shirt? Like, maybe, maybe that's their problem and not mine. Yeah, yeah. But that was it. And then at one point they offered, they're like, hey, would you like to, you know, be full-time salaried employee? And I was like, well, what what would that entail? And they're like, just that you'd have to wear dress slacks and you'd have to dress like the accountants all the time. And I was like, well, I, and I was just like, just based on that, I wouldn't, the fact that you said that to me, I didn't want to do it anyway, but I was yeah, like, this yeah. is horrifying. It, and it was so obvious that it's also the kind of thing where, you know, like they talked about you dressing you know, different from them, like constantly, like you were probably like, Oh, that guy, Dave, that guy's a nut, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But one thing, you know, my tiny, uh, my tiny act of rebellion to quote our friend, Rich Fulcher is, of this was like that. They would have me retouching executive photos and like going in and just kind of, you know, prettying them up and, one thing I would do is like, if you go into a photo and you know, like there's like a little, you know, you can see on my eyes right now, there's the reflection. Yeah. There's like a little, a little kick of light reflected. Yeah. If you just go in with, in Photoshop and use the spray tool and just do it the tiniest, tiniest bit off from the other eye, Uh the person looks completely insane (laughs) and it's this it's the tiniest little trick it's something that no one could ever accuse you of having done if you were like here's the photo yeah yeah but so i would make all these executives look completely insane and no one could ever they would never know know that i did it well do you think that they that it registered to them that they looked crazy or was it too subtle i think it had to write i mean i would show it to like some of the other artists to let them know what I had yeah. done. And they definitely got a kick out of it. So I, I hope, you know, it obviously wasn't like a career ending thing that I yeah. had done to them, but uh, it just, I got a kick out of it. It kept yeah. me going during the few weeks. I think I worked there like two months tops. Yeah. Well, it does seem to be the pinnacle of a graphic design career to do it at an accounting firm. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots, exactly. lots of design needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, brochures. Well, now, where did you go to school? Where'd you go to college? I went to Fordham in the Bronx, Fordham, Fordham University. And, uh, and what, what were you, what was your plan going in and coming out? Like, what were you going to do with yourself? I think my plan was, I was going to rock people and then yeah. be a visual artist. Like, yeah, yeah. that was my plan at that age was I just want to draw and paint and rip solos. And so... I do you ever want to play? Do you ever play rhythm? Is it always? It's just solos all the time. No, I, I I'm big fan of rhythm. Actually, the band that I formed in college, I eventually switched to bass because I loved it so much. Yeah, that I, I and then we we're my buddy Tim and I were both guitar players, so we we're kind of trading off. And then I was like, I like laying it down. I'm right. laying down the. So in that ripping, band, ripping bass solos, I did rip some bass solos. Boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, I had that band, and then we got a record deal like 
right after college. So I was like, well, I guess. Is we'll it, be and this is night. obviously a band in New York. Yeah. The three of us were from Cleveland and they'd oh, okay. gone to high school together. And what was There's the name actually, of the, what was the band? It, the band, the, it's a, the worst slash best band name. Cause I mean, we were teenagers not thinking that we were going to uh, amount to anything. We were called sons of Elvis. Ah. And, but we did, there's a video you can go on YouTube do you remember John Stewart had a talk show, the John Stewart show on yeah. Fox before yep. he did the Daily Show? We were guests on this show, and you can watch. You, there's video of us on YouTube, and you can see us. And I have long, like grunt post, kind of trying to look like Chris Cornell hair, <laughs> trying and failing to look yeah. like Chris Cornell, and. Yeah, we play on that show, and uh, and yeah, it's a young young Dave Hill, young John Stewart, and uh, it's there for all of. And but then on, I think on the broadcast, he comes out and shakes hands with everybody, and kind of turns away from me and goes to commercial, and I'm yeah. sort of chasing after him, trying to. He did, for the <laughs> record, shake my hand after right after uh, the commercial break. Yeah, so there's documentation. Yeah. Of this part of my life. So, I mean, you must have thought we're set. We're ready. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, I mean, I wish I could get back a bit more of this because I think it's, I don't have any kids, but if I did, the one thing I would teach them is just blind confidence and delusion, which is, I was complete, like in this band, especially, we completely had no doubt we were just like we're the greatest band ever and we and i i i mean it's insane to think that way but it it's actually really good to think that way i think yeah (laughs) i think a lot of people go really far not questioning yeah their belief their uh abilities or value i would say it's a good strategy for the young people for the young people. Yeah. I think at a certain point, you got to you gotta deal with reality. Don't you? You know? Oh, I, I think so. I think if you're sane, but then, you know, when I, I think you and I, am, I'm sure, uh, have met many people. And I'm sure many, maybe people we both know. Yeah. Who were just like, wow, a lot of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. A lot, a lot of lot confidence. A lot of frosting, no cake. <laughs> <laughs> so did you stay in New York then after that? You didn't go back to Ohio. Did, or, oh, I mean, you well, you worked for a little bit. I mean, was the, was I did. the graphic design after the band? Yeah. I mean, I oh went back God, to Ohio. Oh, my God, that's got to make it even harder. Well, yeah, I went back to Ohio, not to, uh, you know, you could cue some piano music or something but i kind of had like my early 20s about you know kind of first experiencing you know clinical depression and anxiety yeah Yeah. when i was you know before the band real before our record came out and before all that stuff started to happen and i went home for the weekend to cleveland and i just didn't come back (laughs) and then you know we we started touring and stuff so it was fine. Yeah. You know, I could, I was just living at my parents. And then, and how then long was that? That I was there for eight or nine years. Oh, and wow. then, 
in a similar move, I then went to New York. I had been back and forth to New York many times in between, but I went back to New York. In both, I went home, quote unquote, for the weekend, and then also went to New York for the weekend and never returned. And that was over. That was twenty years ago. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's, I think anytime I go away for the weekend, anyone that knows me should be slightly <laughs> concerned. Um, what what was it? I mean, did you have did you have as they say strategies for how to deal with this clinical depression? I mean, were you doing therapy? Was there medication involved? You know, yeah. I don't want to violate your HIPAA. You know, no, a HIPAA no, violation. I'm a, I'm an open book with that because uh, you know if I if I can. Uh, help or inspire anyone going through something similar i'm happy to talk about it i i uh yeah i did therapy and medication and every i mean over the years have done all manner of every possible thing i think and you know short of ayahuasca still haven't done the ayahuasca but um not ruling it out but i i'm you know i'm improving um you know where the one thing I miss, I, which is not, not to make light of the subject, but I used to get really depressed and stop eating. And it would really kind of define my cheekbones and things yeah. like that. And now, it, even in my lowest moment, I can still take down a lasagna and a six pack <laughs> and whatever. Like, no problem, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, when I when I got divorced, there was like three months where I just couldn't eat. I just, I didn't want to. Nothing tasted good. And then as I kind of came out of it, I was like, hey, <laughs> this is pretty good momentum. I think I'll, you know, I think I'll ride this, you know, a little bit further. And then COVID yeah. ruined it. Then COVID came and I decided I could eat all the bread in the world. Oh, and me I too. Can't. I mean, I was yeah. on a strict. But yeah, depression and stuff, you know, as I say, with reference to many things, the pictures will tell the story, you know. So if you're like, look good, you're like, no one's going to know. <laughs> I was in my <laughs> darkest moment then. Look yeah. at me. I look amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what that's how i defend oh you know wearing too many layers when it's 80 degrees i'll wear like a jacket <laughs> and a scarf and people will be like dave you must be burning up i'm like no one's gonna know five years from now when they see this picture they're uh, just yes. gonna see a guy looking great i can't <laughs> cover i can't do that because then it's like you know then it looks like i have some sort of tropical disease because i'm sweating so much <laughs> I can't, I, you know, it's like I, I'm, I got to be shorts and a T-shirt all the time now, practically. It's just, and the world just gets hotter. So it's like, all right, I'm just going to wear play clothes then. If that's if that's how the world's going to be, that's how I deal with global warming. Shorts and a tr- T-shirt. <laughs> well, I, I'm not far behind you, but I'm sort of thinking like, I keep saying like Winnipeg, that's the place to go. Oh, yeah? As the world, because central, like away from... The coast, Canada. Yeah. I was just in Canada. It's already freezing. I mean, then everyone's like, well, it's on fire. And it's like, well, yeah, everywhere's on fire. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can be freezing and on fire. So Yeah. Well, when did when does comedy start? Was was social media like a, a pretty integral part for you to kind of transition into comedy and doing comedy? Yeah, I mean, I started I guess I started doing comedy a little before. I mean, I started, I think, in like 2005, 
like yeah. started getting on stage and attempting to be humorous. Um, but I think it was out of like playing in bands. I like talking in between songs, like almost more than playing. Yeah. And then I, I briefly thought, you know, I was doing some journalism, like writing for first, like the plain dealer in Cleveland. And then later, like, you know, New York times, GQ, McSweeney salon and the Huffington post. Yes, exactly. Those just yes. to name a few. And I would write those things and, but I really didn't care about journalism. I would just kind of wanted to get a few zingers in there. And yeah. as long as I did, but I don't think I had like the confidence or the, I like, well, I how'd you get, how do you get started doing that? You, you must've had confidence enough to approach somebody at, yeah, well, I st my sister's a journalist, and so initially it started because in, you know, like when AOL used to send out like those C CDRs yeah. or whatever. And they, the CD-ROMs. So, yeah, I was living with her, and so we got AOL, and, and it was, you know, this was late 90s or whatever, and... We didn't understand that you would have one more than one email address. We thought it was like having a landline, <laughs> like you would have an email. <laughs> like we truly were like, "What's our e what's our email address?" Be? Yeah, yeah. And so we shared an email address, and you know, we one of us get home and be like, "Oh, there's an email in there for you," and you know. So she started reading my email, almost like you would go and listen to all the voice messages, you know, when you yeah. get home. She would just be reading my emails, my correspondence, and I was wasn't writing anything like uh not not the smut I get up to now. No, sure. I was just like kind of writing stupid notes to friends and and she was like, Oh, you should maybe write and and so I was just trying to try anything to make money. Get out of or, your sister's house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she she got me in at the Cleveland Plain Dealer and then from there, I was like, well, I want to try to write for other people, but I didn't really know how. So I I went on, uh, I just went to every website of every magazine and stuff I could think of. And I wrote just like a ridiculous email, you know, saying ridiculous things to the just general inbox. Mm -hmm. And like ego-driven kind of grandiose stuff, you mean? Like I would just say, like, you know, I'm sitting here in a speedo, you know, just like <laughs> Yeah. Just just make so they would be like this nothing creepy, but just kind of, I don't know, just, just silly. goofy yeah. sillies. And I wrote this one to Salon, and then this the sex the editor of the sex section wrote back and they said, you know, the intern checks the general inbox and your email was so odd that sh they sent it to the entire company so the sex editor wrote back and said you know do you want to write something for this the sex section and i you know being again not to bring up catholicism but being a a shut off irish catholic i was not you know i was like what am i going to write for the sex section but this was you know this is like 1999 or 2000 and a friend of mine had told me about plushies and furries, you know, the people that have sex dressed yeah, as yeah. mascots. And and then they and have then, par like conventions and parties where they all dress up in furry costumes and have sex with each other. Yeah, exactly. So I had 
he was telling me about it and it just seemed unbelievable. And then I did a little, wouldn't be Googling, whatever it was. Um, and I found this guy named Fox Wolfie Galen. He lived like somewhere in Pennsylvania. And I contacted him and I wrote this story about him for Salon. And then that got a lot of attention. And then later, this writer wrote, interviewed the same guy for GQ like six months later. And that, obviously, a lot more people saw that. I'm just saying, all by way of saying, I did it first. Yeah, you but, were there. Yeah. But that was the first He had thing the I, sloppy seconds on Fox Wolf Galen yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he had the sloppy yeah. seconds. So, But that article, you know, a lot of people saw that. And um, from there, I, that, then I started writing for a bunch of different people from that. And then, yeah, and then and I started writing for TV a little bit, and that's how I ended up back in New York. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Eight four four Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Can't you tell my love's a grow? Like I said before, you know you do. You know, I mean, there's plenty of. You know, like Conan O'Brien is a talented kind of caricaturist. You know, he's like a good cartoonist, basically. Um, but like, you know, he doesn't, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, he's not like selling cartoons. Um, but you are, and you're also playing music. And I mean, and you, ha you know, you had a band, uh, Valley Lodge, and like, you know, you're successful in many different realms and i wonder if is it from those kind of downtimes when you weren't sure like what you were going to do with yourself is that is that why it you know you i mean is it a drive to do that or does it just kind of happen that way that you have you know your finger in so many pies i think it happens that way i mean like i wish it weren't the case i mean from an enjoyment level i like i like doing everything that i do but I wish, like, if someone were like, you're going to play, you know, the equivalent of Larry from Three's Company or something. You know, if, just if there was one place to show up for work. I was saying this to uh, a, a comedian friend of mine. I was just like, we were walking down the street. I was like, I was like, I wish I could just get a role as like a series regular on a popular show that shoots in New York. And I was saying it out loud as if it was this cr idea that I came up with. And uh, <laughs> and he was like, uh, yeah, Dave, that's what literally all of us want. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. So yeah. I would like to do 
um, you know, I'd be thrilled if there was something that was all consuming and also like right up the street from my house or something. But, um, you know, so it is partially out of being interested in, in genuinely having fun doing different things, but also like, I guess the one good thing about it, aside from being fun, is that like I kind of, you know, if one thing is slowing down, then the other one is, I'm like, okay, I'll just go over here for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Irons which and is fires. not to say, really, none of them are like, you know, you know, gang, you know, I'm not, I'm not, the. you know, I'm doing, I'm doing well, but you know, I'd be, I'd be like, like everyone, I guess. I wish I just had more of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess no, that's I something that, that never goes away unless you're, uh, you've achieved enlightenment, which I'm also working on, but. You well, know. good, good, good. Not, yeah, not going uh, that well. I remember, I remember, and you know, there's like certain things I remember, like little moments or tidbits that I hear from people. And one is I remember, and I don't even remember whether it was for a movie or whatever, but cause I think they were like roommates or something, but it was Gene Hackman and Dustin Hoffman doing some kind of press junket interview. I don't know what it was for or something, but they asked about like, you know, what's it like to be a superstar now and not have to worry about anything. And Dustin Hoffman corrected the guy and said, no, no. He said, at the end of every job, I think, well, that's it. I'm done. Like, no more. There's not going to, you know, this is it. This is when they finally figure it out that, like, there's just nothing more to happen for me. And Gene Hackman mm -hmm. was kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it was nice to, I mean, at the time, it was just so nice <laughs> to hear because it's like, oh, okay. So you're kind of going to be miserable forever. Like you're always going to feel yeah. like you're not enough and you're not doing enough. And I mean, cause like my whole life I've been like, I should really be doing more. God, I'm such a fucking slob. Jesus Christ. Come on, get to get your shit together. And you know, and I'm, you know, I'm going to be 57 at the end of this week and I'm still feeling like, Oh, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I, I still am. I still am like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just about ready to really start firing on all cylinders. Like, you know, oh, absolutely. You know? I feel yeah. that way. Like, but you're right. I think there's something oddly comforting about uh, about just knowing that the people at the at the top of their game, of their industry are just also insane and miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was talking I was talking with a very famous, very successful comedian friend um nipsey i guess i'm doing the opposite nips i was talking to nipsey sure. <laughs> i was talking to nipsey yeah no yeah. but i mean i guess it, i was gonna say it sounds name droppy but i did everything but name the name yeah yeah and this person was talking about how they have these feelings you know that that you're describing and i was just like what how could you feel that way yeah and they're like and i was like does everyone feel that way and they said they're like the only people I've met who don't feel that way are people that are awful. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like crazy who, assholes. Like, yeah. And who like aren't respected by their peers. But yeah. Yeah. They were, they were like anyone that you like feels this way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I so always I feel like, like those, the crazy assholes too, they feel that way. They just don't ever show it. Like they're not, or, or they don't, 
they're not in touch enough to like actually, and that's why they're crazy assholes is because they're running away from the fear that the hole will never be filled, you know? Yeah. Which the whole point is just, just live next to the hole. Be careful. You know, watch the kids when they get near the hole. Just careful kids. There's a hole there Mm -hmm. that will never be filled. Exactly. But I think also like, I mean, I, I guess there's plenty of things that can go wrong in the next however many years I have left. <laughs> but <laughs> 40 at least. Yeah, 40. That, I think it could many ways to go south, but I, <laughs> well, you know, you've got to, good genetics. Your dad's old. Yeah, he's 91. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, knock on, hopefully, you know, be around a nice long while. But, uh, but yeah, like I, I just think I used to think like, oh my gosh, is is am I is it gonna work out? Am I gonna be able to do the things that I want to do in life and not have to go, you know, sell, you know, kitchen appliances or whatever? Yeah, you know, it was not knocking that. I've maybe there's that is appealing in some ways, but but now I, I have sold think, oh, I have sold kitchen appliances. It's probably it's not without its charm. It's all right, you know. <laughs> I like so, appliances. I like the kitchen. It's my yeah, favorite room too. in the house. Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, but but now I think like, well, I've been I've been uh this sham has been going on so long that now I whatever I'm doing, I just gotta keep keep uh keep doing it. Yeah. And and I guess this one day I'll just wake up dead. And you know, that'll be that. So <laughs> all by way of saying it's hopefully Again, knock on wood, too late to go to sell kitchen appliances. Yeah, maybe in after you know, post apocalyptic that you know, after that after the shit goes down and we're living, you know, in a hellscape, then you can sell the appliances. Yeah, exactly. And then that will be like um, you know, I'll run into you and we'll be unrecognizable to each other. We'll be going fully on voice recognition. Yeah, because of the mutations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I'll and and you'll be like what are you up to, Dave? And I'll be like, Andy, it's the darndest thing. Remember when I was joking about selling kitchen appliances? I'm now yep. selling kitchen appliances. Yeah, this thing can roast four rats at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, is there is there stuff that you, I mean, you got the book coming up. Oh, I did want to ask, like, what is it about hockey that that like made you? Was it just? Cause it would be fun. Like, was it just, were you just pursuing like the fun of researching a hockey book or is there something really kind of about hockey that grabs you, uh, you know, in, 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 you know, in, in opposition to other sports even. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not really into other sports, which is, I, you know, I don't find that too often of pe- people are like usually into sports yeah. or not into sports, but I'm like, I'm truly not. I mean, I'll go like I went and watch if I can name drop, yeah, which I'm a big fan of. I went and watched Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall invited me to go watch uh, Premier League soccer with him last time he was in New York. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is I mean, obviously I'd seen it, but I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. You hang out and you drink beer and this is fun. Oh, absolutely. So I was like, I could see I could see doing that or like base. Basically, I like. The other sports I like about on that level of where like I could drink beer while this is happening yes. in front of me, but hockey like I I have like a I get excited, and I know and very and 
sort of key to the enjoyment, I suppose. I know exactly what's happening. Yeah. Like I know, I know I can, I could do the play by play. And uh, I know the rules <laughs> of the game, which, you know, I wouldn't say And you that understand about. the nuances of like different defenses and different offenses, you know, like you, you, you understand yeah. it with a, you know, like a meta op, you know, rather than just like that guy's going for the puck. Now another guy's going for the puck. They're all trying to get it into the yeah. net, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that's basically the sport right there, the way you described <laughs> it. Like, but, um, but I, yeah, I think, I think I wanted to write the book because, you know, like as I was saying, like everything else, I, everything else I'm really into, I kind of do on some level, a uh, professional level, you know, whether, even if it's a micro level, uh, a little niblet, but hockey, you know, I, I, I thought it would be cool to, to explore it. And also like kind of, you know, kind of address like what, what I like about it. And like, sometimes, you know, I'm like, do I just like the idea of hockey? Like I, I like the sound of a game. Like I love, I know this is, I, I like having a game on, even if I don't have time to watch yeah. it. I just like the sound. It makes me feel good. Whereas football, I have the opposite reaction. I a, a football game on TV, like truly, like I get that like pit in my stomach, my chest tightens because I think I have to go to school tomorrow because oh. it's sun. <laughs> you know, I'm like it's Sunday. Yeah, I have to go to school. I hate school. Everyone's telling me to shut yeah. up and stop talking because they're trying it's to a sense to, memory. Like, watch. Yeah. That's your that's yeah, your smell this, of Madeline's or whatever it is that you know, the Proustian thing. <laughs> yeah, it just it bums me out. And yeah. you know, even like as a you know, as an adult, like my vibe is not I like I've been told like I'll I don't no one invites me to watch a game anymore, a football game, because they know I'll just talk. Yeah. I'll I'll wind up in the kitchen with the women. Yep, me too. I, no, I just I just don't I just don't care. And like, they'll be like, he's not, I had a friend get mad at me because he thought I was distracting, upsetting some cosmic thing that was causing the Browns to lose. Yeah, that's healthy. Like the, the Browns would give, give up some points and he'd be like, it's cause you're not focusing. And I was like, I, I'm not yeah. on the team. That's, <laughs> I mean, the Stevie Nicks fans do the same thing, you know, like, like let's all focus so Stevie can get through this difficult song. Like that's the level of of magic thinking that is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's uh, anyway. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, with hockey, I just wanted to also like on a selfish level. I mean, I do this a lot with with work. It's you know, it's to like do something under the oh, I'm working. Like, yeah. Like I got to go to Kenya. Right which I'd always wanted to, maybe I would have wound up there, but to go like, I'm going to take someone else's money and go to Kenya. And, yeah. And I'm going to have a really good time. And drink double like, the beers um, that I normally would. <laughs> yeah. And play hockey. Yeah. So, uh, that was part of it. Like, def well, you know, more, more in a hockey way, like go, I'd always wanted to see games in Finland. I did that. And like, I went to Poland, which was, I'd been there Poland before, but to go to hockey games, their fans are, insane yeah. um so to to see that in person was and that actually 
I honestly almost started crying after one game because I couldn't believe how much fun I was having. Wow. Like, like I was experiencing this joy that I was like, it made me go like, I have a capacity for joy I didn't know was possible. Yeah. Like at a, like at a sporting event. Yeah. I was just like, this is so fun. And I wasn't even drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it was, it was a day game. I was drinking hot chocolate. So it wasn't the beer. Yeah. Talk. No, I, I totally get that because it is, you know, like I feel, and I've described it before, like, you know, I'm one of those people that everyone's like, oh, the sunset, look at it. It's so pretty. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's, it is. It's pretty, but I mean, you seem to be getting a lot more out of it than I do. And I, you know, and so like, I just, you know, I feel like I, uh, you know, like I've said, going through life with like some kind of emotional limp and, and like, I don't like the things that people go like, oh, this is, oh, I'm just in ecstasy. I'm always kind of like, eh, you know, it's nice, I guess, you know. So this is I, when I do feel, you know, it's like when you said, when I do feel to, you know, to be Tony Soprano, like joy, when I feel joy, I'm like, <laughs> oh, hey, wow, I can do this. Like, I, this is, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, it's nice to, it's nice to experience that. Yeah. Um, some, this is to sound crazy, but sometimes I'll have dreams where I have a similar thing where I'm experiencing so much joy in the dream and I wake up like so excited because I'm like, oh, there's new levels of happiness out yeah, there yeah. for me. Like, <laughs> like I, it's not this, uh, like this, this plane right. that's constantly like, just, sputtering. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need, so just like, need to bring like, it into the waking hours now. Yeah. I'll just, you know, maybe the last two weeks of my life, I'll figure <laughs> You'll be it out. Giddy. <laughs> Well, what is there? Yeah. Are there things you've left undone? I mean, where where do you do you have plans to go from here? You know, like, or is it just kind of you know? Do you, are you just going to kind of? I mean, do you have another book idea? Like, is that the kind of thing now that you've written four of them that you're like, you got another one on the back burner ready to go? I, no, I don't. No, I mean, I, hopefully, I'll do another one. Kind of talking about it a little bit. I'm without. I can't say too much. I'm, but I'm writing a comic book oh. next, which I'm excited oh. about. So, uh, I like how you can't like, say too much, like, you know, like Putin's going to find out and use it against Ukraine. P well, Putin, it's about, Oh, um, gosh, I'm no, sorry. no, it's just, uh, it's, uh, no, I know. I know. So I'm, I'm just excited about it. that. No, I know. But I, I, I don't know. I think I would just like to do more, uh, like, and do things, you know, I know everyone wants to act and stuff, but I like I. It's fun, and uh, I've been able to do it a little bit. But I'm like, even if I could just do double the amount that I do, which would still be not that much. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, that would be fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Give me, give me, give me three lines instead of one and a half. <laughs> you know, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh. You know, stuff like, I don't know, it's fun. You know, this I mentioned doing the Tenacious D tour, I think, earlier. You did. I don't know if I mentioned you that. Did. but I Yeah. So um, just the feeling of like, I mean, I've performed for a lot of people before and various things, but to go out, I'm like, once you go out 10,000 people 
you go like, oh, why have I been doing 50 in the back of a bar this whole time? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, I should just do 10,000. <laughs> so, um, you know, it'd be nice to uh, to do just, I don't know, just more, yeah. more fun stuff. Yeah. But I say this without kidding. Uh, I do think in my, as I get on in years, I really mostly like to hang out and eat snacks with loved ones <laughs> and my dog. Like, and I really think like everything else is just to fill the time in between yeah. snacks with people you love and yeah. your dog. And and so would you think that's that's like uh, your your life lesson? You know, like is that what you've come to? You know, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think I would. I'd probably lose my mind if. I mean, you have to do stuff. Yeah. In between the snacking, but I do. Um, yeah, meals. I do. Yeah, I love yeah. meals. Even just a nice cheese plate, oysters. As you know, when like we we're talking about you and I having oysters, I'm like that is peak life on earth for yeah. me. Is just sitting there, just having some snacks and chatting. Yeah, it, that was fun. And then, uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but no, there's always like more. You know, it would be nice, like, uh, you know, obviously I'm on the lower tier of, I wouldn't even use the word celebrity to describe whatever level of public recognition I yeah. have. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll go run errands around town here in New York and a stranger will say something nice to me on the street. And then I'd be like, you know, it might happen every couple of days or something. And I'd be like, how about let's ratchet it up. Let's make it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, world. Just someone. T- yeah, just some just someone telling me I'm OK. Yeah. That's all I need. Well, that's, that's real. That's a real. And then you go. That's like now the New York metro area has a mandate. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Just make day feel better. Just even wave. Yeah. yeah. Wave at me. Well. There was like there was a guy I take my dog to the dog park every day in Washington Square and one of the maintenance guys in the park stopped me had seen me in something and I stopped and talked to him like to where I think he was like get this guy away from me <laughs> just because I was so you know I just get really just makes my day yeah. when people are just being nice to yeah. me and being like you're not gar- you're not garbage day I know it is very nice it it's it is I mean t- it is like one of the truly beautiful things about, especially if you're making people laugh, they just, you know, it's, it, to have a stranger say something nice to you is a real charge, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, as long as it doesn't make you crazy, then, you know, yeah, it's good. Well, Dave Hill, thank you so much. Once again, uh, the new book is called the awesome game. One man's incredible globe crushing hockey odyssey. Well, good luck with the book, and uh, I hope to see you soon. And uh, thanks for spending this yeah. time with me. Thank you for 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 taking the time. It's nice to see you, even on a little even Zoom wise. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'll see you in person. You will definitely. I'll, I'll make sure of it. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right, and uh, thank all of you out there uh, for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week uh, with another one of these. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. 
Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.